Welcome back to the Mompreneur Space live show podcast, which is a weekly show where the host, Kenneth Chu brings on different successful mom entrepreneurs each week to share insights that can inspire and help other future mompreneurs. In this episode, Kenneth has invited Andrea Tun who is a certified sex, love and relationship coach, where we will be talking about how you can have a successful love, sex and relationship life. Without further ado, let's welcome Kenneth Chu and Andrea Tun. Hi everyone, welcome to Mumpreneur Space live show podcast where I interview inspiring moms from all around the world on how they overcome their challenges and struggles as mompreneurs. I'm your host Kenneth Chu and today's guest is none other than Andrew Tan who is a certified sex, love and relationship coach. In this episode, we will be talking about how you can have a successful love, sex and relationship life and also how she overcome her challenges and struggles as a mompreneur. So without further ado, let us welcome Andrea Tan. Hi, Andrea. Hi. Hi, everyone. My name is Andrea. Uh, as Kenneth said, I'm a certified sex, love, and relationship coach. And I work with individuals and couples around expanding their capacity um, for greater sex lives, you know, greater relationships, holding more love um, and um, sexual wellness within their lives, within their relationships, and in their bodies as well. Wow, wow. Thank you. Thank you, mm-hmm. Andrea, uh, for making the time and coming on to uh, my show, Mompreneur Space Live Show. Um, mm-hmm. So finally, I think after we have known each other for about two years, coming to three years, and mm-hmm. finally got you onto the show. So uh, before we start, I, in fact, there's a tradition that I um, that every guest gets to answer the question of the day that is posted. So uh, are you mm-hmm. ready to answer the question of the day posted by the previous guest before we can officially kickstart the show? Sure. Okay. Away. <laughs> so um, the question of the day posted by the previous guest is a bit long, but I think it's a very good question for you. Okay. If you are going to choose three ways to self-care, mm-hmm. what would they be? All right. Spend some time to think about it uh, while I'll go on to Facebook Live and see if mm. we are live successfully and if our audio are good to go and I'll come back to you. All right. Okay, sure. Okay. Boom. I can hear Okay, I can hear you loud and clear. So, um, do you want me to repeat again the question of the day? No, I'm good. Okay, so I see that we have friends that's coming in, tuning in. We have Andy. We have um, about uh, five friends that's tuning in. So, for those who are tuning in, uh, do let us know uh, in the chat. Um, where are you from? Maybe you can say hi. If you are Andrew's friend, you can also say hi to her. I'll let her know. So, just let us know in the chat uh, so that we can shout, uh, do a shout out to you guys. And at the same time, if you guys have any question, because today's topic is very, very special, very unique. And um, I think this is so far the most interesting topic that we have that I'm covering. Um, today is episode 90. So uh, I think this is this is maybe a lot of people will be very, very curious. So uh, before we can start, right? So uh, Andrew, the question of the day is mm. if you are going to choose Three ways to self-care. What would they be? Share with us. Okay, so uh, the first one is something that I think has um, grown over the pandemic. I've, I've realized that it's very important and it's on connection. Um, I think no man is an island. And for me, self-care is to um, remember the connections that I have with very close friends, you know. So either sometimes keeping in touch, reaching out, um, just people surrounding yourself with good people, uh, surrounding yourself with people that support you. Um, and I learned this a lot through the pandemic. 
Um, the second self-care that I would say is uh, movement. So uh, I think movement uh, is different from different people. For some people, it's like exercise and then exercise could be different also between yoga and HIIT. Uh, I'm definitely not like a yoga person. Uh, or even just sometimes movement, like being able to move to certain Spotify playlists, you know, um, I kind of feel like we, we are meant to move our bodies. And sometimes when we are just working through something, every time we're in our minds, you know, it really helps to just move through. And so self-care like that really helps me get out of my head in that sense. Um, and lastly, uh, this is what I preach as a coach. And I also uh, truly believe that it does really help in terms of elevating stress and tension is on self-pleasure. Um, and that doesn't mean that it has to be very sexual, but self-pleasure means to really take care of our senses. Um, you know, whether is it touch, you know, do you really need a, a, a very nice blanket for that day? Do you really need a nice massage for that day? Or is it something in a little bit more sensual, even slightly sexual sense? But the idea is to really take care of your senses and your pleasure. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Andrew, can you can we repeat uh, the, the three ways so that every uh, everyone, especially the audience, they can take away from it? Because these are very mm. important uh, three ways or three tips for self-care. Mm, so connections to, you know, keep whatever connections you have alive uh, to move um, and then to continue to turn to self-pleasure um, would be the three for me. Wow, wow. Mm. This, is, this is like the number one is connection. Second thing is movement and third mm. is self-pleasure. And, and thanks yeah. a lot for sharing. And when I, when I see this question, I was like, okay, this, this is a very good question for you to answer because coming from, <laughs> from you uh, mm. as, as a certified sex le uh, love and relationship coach, I think this is something that, that you mentioned you preach to your, to your clients and this mm. is something that you advocate also. And this is also very important. Mm. And now we can officially kickstart the show. So for those yeah. who are tuning in, if you guys have any question that you would love to post to Andrea, uh, because this is your, your chance to ask her any question that's relating to sex, love, relationship, or you have any question uh, pertaining to her business, you can always reach out to us through the chat, all right? So uh, before we start, um, there, uh, I believe there will be audience that are seeing you for the first time. Uh, maybe you can mm -hmm. do a short introduction of yourself and share with us uh, where are you from and currently what are you doing and what brings you uh, to uh, maybe in the past or what were you doing in the past and what leads you to where you are today? So maybe mm. you can share, share with us, Andrew. Mm, okay, I'll try and uh, quickly summarize. So um, for those who missed the earlier part, uh, I'm a certified sex, love and relationship coach. So I work with individuals and couples around increasing their capacity to hold more erotic intelligence, to hold more love, the capacity to be able to hold more pleasure and intimacy in their relationships and in their, um, in their personal lives and um, it, within their bodies as well. Um, and so I kind of started uh, quite many years back, but actually my, my corporate job is in fintech uh, marketing in payments. So um, it's very different from what I used to do, uh, but I think it has helped me then search for a path towards um, really understand how does transformation work. For some reason, through my corporate years, I've been doing a lot of coaching and working with people through transformation. I then found... Um, my teacher online and um, she was the one that uh, I felt worked both in the area of sexuality and emotions, uh, two areas which I felt um, pretty shut down uh, and not available growing up in Singapore, you know, like Chinese family. Um, just I just felt that these two areas were a little bit shut down. For some reason, I felt that I, did, I couldn't find much resource and help in there. 
Um, and after studying with her for two years um, uh, online, uh, she released her first batch of uh, coaching certification. And I think when that came about, uh, a lot of people have been telling me, you should look at life coaching, you should look at performance coaching. And I wasn't very interested for some reason. If I, It felt very not aligned. I, that's the only thing I can say. But when she released that page, uh, that coaching certification page, and you know, started getting interviews, like so, we had to interview. We had to, you know, apply. There has to be integrity on why you're applying. Uh, something clicked, I think. And I was actually going through my divorce at that time, so um, I I remember doing my interview for that uh, course in my parents' bedroom because um, I was trying to move some stuff around in the house. So me and my kids were like in my parents' house. So there wasn't much space. All my belongings and everything was in the room. And I think I was doing it on the floor because there was no space. Um, but something clicked. Like there was a very clear click. And I think in our lives, we don't have many times we have that very clear click. Um, like, you know, this is it. Because after that, everything still looks the same. You know, your environment is still the same. Um, and then, you know, a lot of intensive study while I was still working, a lot of intensive practice. Um, and then I officially launched my business when I left corporate about three years ago. Um, I'm still taking on corporate projects for other reasons, um, you know, to support the entrepreneurship of the business. But then it's been, Athena Rising is my business. It's been officially three years um, since then. Uh, very interesting journey. <laughs> wow. And, um, and time think, yeah. really flies. Like just now before we start, right? Mm. Uh, we were talking about how long we know each other and all that stuff. And, and you were telling me mm. that oh, we met during your first year and time mm. had flies and two years. Uh, two years have passed because of the pandemic. Yes. And, <laughs> and finally, after uh, we have like, we have in person, we met in person, we talked about mm. it, we met up and then we, we still kept in contact. And um, and now I think it's the time uh, to really, uh, what do you call that, um, to have you onto the show to talk about this because I think during the pandemic, uh, a lot of couples, I have friends, couples, uh, or even uh, friends who are in a relationship, um, during this period of time, a lot of things are affecting us. Does, do mm. you see there's an increase of um, inquiries on your side because of the pandemic, or is is basically uh, the same? Mm. Well, I, I've had increased inquiries, I think more because my business has now just reached more people. Mm. Um, the thing is, Often people don't approach me for the work. I mean, at least in Singapore, I find like a bit beyond Singapore, it's a slightly different situation, but um, it's usually the very, very last resort, you know, and, mm. and people need a long time to be comfortable uh, that, you know, to be able to talk about their emotional space or their intimate lives or their love lives with you. Um, so it takes Singaporeans a lot more to reach out. So um, overseas clients, I don't really have that issue. Um, but it takes a while. So, but in, but during the pandemic, I did see a rise in, uh, how would I say, lack of tolerance <laughs> for each other. Um, you know, things that you can sweep under the carpet, and I spoke about this a few times, things that you can sweep under the carpet and then you go out and do your work, you mm. know, for the day now, you cannot suddenly, everything is exposed. Uh, yeah, right in front of you. Um, so a lot of people are like, why do I suddenly not like my spouse as much or my partner as much? And I'm like, it's not suddenly. It's just that this has created a pressure cooker situation mm. to intensify everything else. Um, so good and bad, lah, I guess, because it also gives you an opportunity to, I mean, from my point of view, uh, when I work with triggers and, you know, sometimes even trauma and then um, or issues that come up to me, 
it's a great opportunity because if not, when do you work on them? Until they blow up in your face, you know? So this is a really good time yeah. uh, for many. Although I know it's not, it, it's a bit painful for some people. Correct. Uh, I, 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 think, I think when you say that, uh, that re- re- reminds me of like last year when the whole thing started, like the pandemic. Although mm-hmm. my wife had been working from home occasionally, but because yeah. it became mandate that uh, she has to work from home. And that mm. was when my territory of my, my home office, because I work from home, uh, mm. like six years ago from my business uh, and and my living I would say my dining table used to be my workplace mm. and ever since it has been been shared with her and like you mentioned uh, the tolerance and and I think for for the first time um, having been married with my wife of the past 15 years right that was mm. the time that and my first time seeing the other side of her mm. the work mode yes her work mode which is I've never seen before. I never heard before. I've mm-hmm. never had the taste of it. But that was that moment I had the taste of it, mm-hmm. and I would say that wow, that you like the tolerance level is different. It's like <laughs> I can tolerate a lot of things, but I think when more uh, when we are working, right, the style mm-hmm. is very different from our us- usual self. Mm-hmm. And and she's like because she works for an MMC company and her bosses are American and French, so they always mm-hmm. use the F word. So mm. she was like, "F you have that." Also, like for me, it's like I need, I need silence, mm. I need peace, I need music and all that stuff. But when when she's like, we, we are we are working on the same table, um, conflict comes, and mm. I, I I totally understand where you're coming from. Like the tolerance is not there; it's being exposed. And f- like we have been married for so many years, never mm. seen the part of that, and all of that came out, and that's why we see a lot of couples that are quarreling. Uh, they're trying to find a space. They are juggling here mm. and there. And that's why uh, you talk about like a lot of things exploded. It's mm. painful, but because for me, I think I come from a space that I understand where is it coming from, and and mm. quickly I, I I clean up my my spare room, which used to be recreation room, and became my home mm. office, so that we do not have that conflict of interest. And mm. after that, I also shared of uh, some tips about working from home because I've been working from home for the past six years. This is mm. not something that is new. Just that I I learned how to create a dedicated space. So for, for your case, in this kind of scenario, like you mentioned, Singapore mm. is very rare for mm. even for, for top uh, for coaches like you, uh, with mm. being like talking about sex, love and relationship and sometimes even deeper. And you, mm. you also mentioned something that it's always until the last minute or until the maybe the, the last step that couples come into that. Why is that so? Because for even for me when I talk about entrepreneurship in Singapore, right? Mm. It's, it's also very tough mm. and Singaporeans don't tend to especially Singapore moms they are, don't tend to be more receptive as compared mm-hmm. to other um, I, do, I, I would say other countries because I don't mm-hmm. have um, I, like I, when I talk about entrepreneurship other mothers from other countries they are more receptive they are more open-minded mm-hmm. uh, they are more um, how should you put it uh, they understand and they can res- uh, they can they can um, they can um, how should you put it they can see there's a need, mm. but but more often when when I talk about entrepreneurship or even even other stuff, uh, it's mm. not, it's very hard. So I I can imagine mm. how tough it is for you. So how long does it take you to get used to it? Like like that does it does it demoralize you because oh why why wait until last minute you can do it earlier. Do you think there's mm. a lack of awareness or what do you think is, is the cost, especially for Singapore audiences? Mm. 
Well, I mean, I I don't know. <laughs> Entrepreneurship, there's a lot of stuff that will demoralize you. <laughs> I mean, let's let's be. It's it's not a bed of roses, you know, mm. where people think passive income and then I just sit there and like money will just come or something like that. Um, but the thing is, I think for my topic, uh, there are a few things in the Singapore or even somewhat Asian context mm. is that um. Like if you go for a therapy or for coaching in this area, some people call my work therapy, um, but the, the certified name is coach, um, but it's kind of like therapy as well. Um, people feel that, oh, then there's something wrong with you. Mm. Um, and I think that's a very big myth. Uh, you know, like, oh, I go to you because something is wrong, which is not true. Sometimes you just want to up-level communication. You want to just improve certain areas that you're afraid you have blind spots yep. on, you know, because you just want to be better and connected. Or for singles that come to me, you know, it's really like they are done trying to, you know, like figure out in the blur, like this whole love life thing, you know, they just want to get very comfortable and confident in their pathway and in their search. Um, and and I think it's, it's that mindset that there's nothing wrong with you. But a lot of uh, Asians have the mindset that if you go seek for this kind of help, mm. there's something wrong. Um, the other is also that, um, and that's... Uh, it, especially for Singaporeans, I think we go a lot for efficiency. So we, we need <laughs> to be tangible. You know mm. what I mean? Like, like uh, I get this because there's this value, the, you know, like I go for this, right? uh, then, or I go for this sale because this is how much I save and things mm. like that. There's always this very tangible value. Um, and I'm not saying that the work is not tangible because a lot of my clients have then gone on to change their lives. You know, I have one client that, um, she just texted me uh, last Friday uh, I mean it's fresh in my mind because she texted me last Friday uh, that she was going to deliver her baby and before that for three years she couldn't have sex because she had this condition called vaginismus um, and basically there was a, a lot of issues uh, but um, she's going to deliver her baby so she texted me wow. last week you know saying that I'm going tomorrow uh, to the hospital um, and like like the, the red, those have very tangible results. But I think for, for Singaporeans, we tend to kind of want to see and be very clear and I want you to confirm and guarantee me this particular ROI. If not, I don't want to put money into it. Yeah. And that's the really tricky part when it comes to transformation because it's not just money that's going in, it's your entire self. Mm. You know, um, I'm asking you to put your emotions on the line. I'm asking you to put yourself on the line. And I am asking a lot for my clients. Um, but that's necessary if you want to transform your life or you want to transform the area of relationships or create potential in there. Um, and of course, as a coach, I'm there to guide you. I'm there to make sure that, you know, you don't like, like fail or you don't fall off the wrong mm. end in that sense. Um, but then that's that part that people are like, huh, like one must pay money. And it's, yes, of course, you know, because you have someone asking you the right questions, holding the space, mm. someone who's trained in that aspect. Um, and there are a lot of people in my, in, uh, not, I don't say in my, a lot of people in my industry, but this topic has started to be very interesting, right? So suddenly a lot of people are like becoming advocates yes. um, or creating platforms where, you know, they, they start being like uh, uh, sexual wellness experts and they talk about it. And it's all great to talk about it if you're comfortable, but to hold the space for someone for transformation mm-hmm. and in case trauma comes up or in case other related issues come up, it's a whole different story altogether. Yeah. Um, and that's what, goes into the value of the, the coaching services is the training and the experience of the person to, to hold that. Uh, coaches have to do, or at least coaches, if you want to continue to be successful and effective, have to do a lot of work on yourself. Mm. And I think people don't see that as well. Um, so these are the things that, that 
people don't quite see and then they'll be like, uh, you know, like why should I uh, put one foot forward? Um, mm. But like I said, la, then, you know, usually when they try everything, they go to doctors, they go to gynees, then finally they're like, <laughs> I don't know what to do already. Yeah, like you're my last resort. You yeah, know? right. I, mean, I right. hear that a lot and I'm like, hmm, okay. And it's it's obviously a lot of pressure when you're like, you're my last resort. Um, but for me, it's it's not a hopeless case when it's last resort. I'm still very excited to take on each case. It's because they are willing to say, mm. I want to try. I still want to try. I don't believe that. The commitment, right? Yeah, I don't believe that this is it for me. I want to try and I want to I wanna advance in this area, even though it sounds very abstract. Mm. Um, and it's those who are willing to put their trust and their work um, that I will continue to work very closely with. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think when, when you talk about, like you tr- they try everything and then they come to you, right? It's, mm. it's like to them, it's the last resort. But mm. to us, it's, we rather you come to us rather than mm. you give up, right? At least yes. I, we, are, we are trained to help you guys. Because it's the same for me when when uh, I met mompreneurs, they will come to me and often case, right, they have failed in other ways. They've failed in, uh, what do you call that, engaging other people or they mm. got a marketing agency and they, they, they burn all the savings and they, when they come yeah. to me, they say, Kenneth, I don't have budget already. Mm. And, and that's where my challenge is. But it's also another thing that, um, um, that also pushes me to do more educating. Mm. Like, like, you know that I run workshops, I run mm. even for mompreneur space. I've been doing this like yours is n- episode ninety already. Mm. I've interviewed eighty nine before you. So yeah. why? Because there there needs to be a lot of education. There needs to mm. be a lot of conversation that is going. Yeah. That I think that in your space, like you talk about, it's good thing that um there are so called advocates uh that's talking about this uh, what we call uh taboo, mm. the things that we don't use to talk in during our parents era or our grandparents era, and now we are doing that because people have started to open up. Mm. And in fact, uh, talk about that, right? Recently, I watched this Netflix uh, drama series. It's called uh, Sex Education. I don't know whether you watched mm. it. And then when I watch it, it's, it's like, how should I put it? Um, that we should, we should um, how are we going to educate our children, especially in Singapore, in Asia, in mm. this? Because when they do it in their own version, I was like, wow, it's so cool, man. It's so... It's like, it's how should I put it? It's, it's mm. another perspective that mm. children should be taught the right way, not by suppressing. And that is, that is why um, nowadays, even for my children, my daughter, she's 12 now, mm. she's turning to a young lady. Mm. And in fact, they know more things than us. We thought that they don't, do not know, but they, in fact, they mm. know more than us because of the internet and their, their peers are having this conversation. They're having mm. a lot of question marks. And mm. us being parents, we choose thought that they are still young, they are still mm. ignorant, but in fact, they are not. Mm. Uh, so, so this is think, something that I felt that the schools or even as us parents, right, we should be educated, uh, mm. should be having this awareness. So what, mm. what do you think that is that we can do to increase mm. um, this conversation or even this mm. awareness? Mm. Or I would say normalize this uh, this this topic yeah. mm. so it's interesting that you mentioned that because i don't think i've told you that because it's also in the very early beginnings of the works because it's because it's kind of like a subset of uh, my work right mm. and i notice, and i also see that with my kids and they're growing up um, but i've also noticed this among uh, asians so that um when it comes to the sexual education this is both asia and non-asian mm. countries right it's just across the world um we but we change what we can here um, 
there are bits and pieces around. There's a lot of stuff on the internet and also a lot of misinformation and inaccuracy. And I was looking at, you know, what makes sense for a curriculum? You know, if you really want to go through a parenting curriculum, what are the areas that you need to go through that covers everything from sex and relationships? Um, minimally, the big umbrellas. And within each area, what are some of the questions you have to ask? And as a parent, because I work with so many adults, it's... Um, how do you ensure, uh, and that's one of the key things parents need to know, right? You can be uncomfortable about talking about the topic um, or the subtopics under it is okay. Um, but that, that discomfort, number one, you've got to be clear about it versus, oh, I'm, I'm uncomfortable, but I try and suppress that. And I try to hide it from my kid because kids can see everything. Uh, that's one. Um, and the other is that if you know that's triggering for you, be very, very aware as a parent because sometimes the reaction that you have to your kid's question could likely be more of your own discomfort versus how like bad the topic is. The topic is not bad because they're, ever, they're all curious. They're curious about a lot of things. This is not the only thing they're curious about. Um, but sometimes is it like our discomfort? So um, I'm, I'm actually in the very early stages of creating a parenting uh, curriculum uh, all the different areas um, that, uh, not say they need to cover, but they uh, ideally should at least touch on a little bit, you know, because um, for some parents, we're like, but I really talked to them about porn. How come this thing come up? And then I'm like, yeah, because different area, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and it's also to supplement the sex education that's in school, which obviously isn't very robust, but it's also to bring in some of the areas that parents can reflect on themselves because they are the ones that are um, communicating this. Um, the, other with the other tip for parents is that um, allow the community and support around your child, not just to be both of your parents. And I, I mean, like I'm a single mom for five years already because I'm divorced and I have a pretty good co-parenting relationship with my ex-husband. But this is for parents who are like either still together or, you know, like co-parenting uh, or single parents is that, your kid will not come to you mm. for all the questions. Correct. So when you have a good community of support, whether is it the auntie, uncle, cousin, uh, no, like much older cousin or grandparents, have that because then when your kid approaches them, you are not completely out of the blue. It's not like, oh, you know, I ask you, don't go and tell mommy and daddy. But minimally, you know that even if you don't get to know everything, uh, you know that they will have some sort of guidance in areas you can't possibly cover everything. And that is very true for topics in um, sex, in mm. relationship, in intimacy. Um, the other slight nuance thing and why I'm very uh, big on my work plus the parenting curriculum now is the Asian element. I think a lot of current uh, sex education curriculum, uh, which is again, not much. And then a lot of the coaches out there are all from the Western mm. world. Um, and so, and I've seen this with my clients a lot, um, a lot of how it's being educated, the words that are being used, the what should be educated or not, and how should things be, is seen from a certain Western uh, lens, yep. um, which doesn't consider the culture, the upbringing, and some of the considerations that Asians come up with. You know, like, like Asians have a lot of uh, stereotypes like, oh, you know, we are very, um, one stereotype is we are very conservative. Mm. So in the education, it's all about like, we need to say all these words out. We need to be very comfortable about saying these words out. But to me, it's not how liberated you are and how much you can talk about it in the public or in the MRT. It's mm. basically the kind of choice. I don't really care how comfortable you are saying things like, you know, vagina, vulva, periods, out loud. I, I don't really care. Um, but what I really care is the choices that you choose to make 
in your personal life and your relationships. I think that is more impactful. Um, and, and, you know, like how does that relate to your family and stuff like that? I think Asians have a little bit more, more than mindset. And if you, you can't take on the Western lens always when it comes to these things. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I totally agree with you that a lot of things that, that, that are coming from the West, they are not having the lens of Asian. Even for, for entrepreneurship, it's the same thing. Mm. There's there's a there's always a social stigma that 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 like example uh men should do this the father should do this the mother should do that in mm. Asian is even even worse and we are always avoiding a lot of taboo a lot of things that we should not say a lot of things like like sex is one thing like gender mm. Mm. even even more erotic topic we are not supposed to mm. and when we see it, example like my daughter um. My daughter always shut, like, close her eyes, right, when she see all oh, uh, men and women kissing. Mm. Like, like, where did she learn that from? Like, mm. it's not from me, it's not from, Like, you mentioned about the support system, people around, like mm. the grandparents, it could be even my sister, the aunt. So, so mm. this is very important. And, and coming from Asian, I think a lot of time, um, although we are tradition, but I think times have changed. Even the curriculum that have been taught back then from the west it, it has not evolved it has not has not changed and updated to today that's why that's mm. why we view coming in with the asian lens i think uh and advocate this part there will be more awareness and like you mentioned the western will not know because they don't grow up in the asian culture they do not yeah. know what are the challenges and struggles that we are facing mm. and and at the same time what are the challenges and struggles that our children are facing the, mm. the young generation are facing because they are like my, like our, our children's generation they are exposed to the internet youtube and all that stuff so where our era are not so are we catching mm. up with time to understand from their own lens mm. uh why are they exposed to all this and 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 a lot of time a lot of parents are just shutting their children say no more youtube no more this but but they are already exposed to that even they are not exposed mm. to that their friends are exposed to that because you cannot yeah. make sure that all parents shut their children from watching youtube right mm. so how are you going to take that conversation to the next level mm. which is the most interesting and uh, this is what i see even for my peers who are parents they're mm. also having this channel how do i open up to my kids talking about uh like educating them on sex on gender on protecting themselves self-love and all that because even ourselves as parents as adults we have problems like you mm. mentioned about the, the trauma our growing up and even things that trigger us. Yes. Even we, we do not know how to address it because our parents just suppress and suppress. Mm. And, and until when, when it came to our era, we have so much information from work, from, from relationship, even for family, even with COVID. There's so many things that we're juggling now with, with tons of information. Yeah. So the stress level also increases. So that's why when, 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 when you talk about that, the support system and also... Um, why we are not not having that that approach or uh, that acceptance right is because uh, because we are not seeing it from a Asian lens and coming to talk about that right um, just now you, you talk about all this element about education what do you think is the biggest challenge for women especially mm. mothers in this mm. area in the area of education educating um, even for themselves like talk about, talk about sex, love, and relationship. The biggest challenge, uh, um, well, I mean, if we're looking at the modern Asian context, I would say they are 
they are one of their biggest own challenges. Mm. Um, in terms of their own journey, figuring out their own journey, um, you know, not giving uh, a lot of information. Media usually pays, plays one uh, picture. So then they, you know, they kind of struggle with a few things. And then as mothers uh, stepping into this area, it's like, you know, that's, that's uh, like, even that has like a bit of a question mark, mm. you know. Um, which is parenting very itself, right? Parenting itself is a big question mark already. Yeah, or even like mothers talking about this topic. And I did, uh, um, I did an interview with Rice Media recently uh, and the title was like, Mothers Who Masturbate, right? something like that. And, and, and the point of that interview was mothers, when you become a mom, you don't, it's not like you drop everything else before that. You also have your desires, your needs. You also have your questions and your journey. These things don't change. Um, and it's still there. So like, like when moms venture into this space or even try to educate their kids in this space, they're like, you know, everybody's like, no, yeah, mom, you shouldn't be saying that. And I'm like, that's just one role. Mm. Um, and that's, that's probably the biggest hurdle for moms themselves because they themselves also buy into that story mm. because that's what they were taught. Um, but once they start to change that narrative within themselves or they start getting support and seeing like other girlfriends and other moms also trying to create their own conversations with their families, um, then things start to change. Yeah. And, and just now you, you brought up that, right? That also mm. uh, made me, uh, reminded me of when, when my daughter hit puberty. Mm. And because she, she has the menses that's coming. And my, my wife was telling me, how am I going to teach her? Right? My, mm. my wife, as a woman, she's mm. asking me. And I, I believe that there are parents that's also having this challenge. But mm. for me, because I've been brought up in in a family of women, like I have two younger sisters, I have a lot of aunties, mm. and furthermore, I work. Uh, I have a lot of very close friends who are uh, who are, are women also. Mm. And back then, when I was in poly, I started uh, studied fashion designing. Mm. So so basically, I'm surrounded in in this, and I I basically <laughs> knew more than my wife. And mm. addition uh, addition to that, because I was working for Motherhood Magazine. Mm. And a lot of all this educating about uh, pre and postnatal and um, lactation, a lot of more feminine stuff mm. about the women, about the mothers is mm. I, I'm uh, I would say I've been educated because of my work, so mm. I'm able to teach my daughter, mm. which I think in traditional, uh, in traditional Asian culture, right? I don't think there's a dad that is there to educate their daughters about certain stuff I, I know that role as a dad should not but what if in the event that mm. the mother couldn't even remember there's no one that taught her she kind of figure it out herself mm. or she she just hear from someone and maybe the friends she, she, my wife can't even remember so in your instant right how would you mm. advise someone to give this type of advice mm. like I'm even, gonna even... Say, I'm gonna say take my parenting curriculum except <laughs> okay um <laughs> uh, um, so I went through that same process um, but in my case I was the one that worked with my I mean like educated my daughter on that mm. and my son as well because he had to then understand um, what this whole thing is when you know he sees his sister go through it um, I find that when you're completely lost books help a lot you know like you know if you're really like I don't know what to say mm. just getting books is like sometimes very helpful and let the book guide you what to say as you show like mm. pictures and mm. the book so that's always like a nice tool but when you talk about the books right it's like mm. most of us will not know where to get and what book right mm. so that that like for me when you talk about what, what kind of book like what 
what what should I oh, get? Oh, like uh, so those are like it's uh, they're 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 quite a fair bit, but a lot of, again, a lot of them are like from overseas. So like mm. I had to import them, uh, because I wanted to to see if the material was suitable, mm-hmm. and then with shipping fees, it was like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, COVID happened, and I inquired about bulk and all that. When COVID happened, it was a bit crazy. Um, but basically, these are more like children books. So mm. the language is very simple and straightforward. Um, and then with some very, very basic pictures about the uterus and how mm. the blood flows, explaining the cycle. Um, for me, um, at least when it comes to, at least for girls in puberty, uh, I focus a lot on um, like how to prepare, you know, because, you know, you don't want them to be in a situation. Because if you think back to yourself, and I wasn't taught, right? I mean, my mom was like, mm. my mom was like, um, now nah, go read this book. I, I don't remember what was, book was it was. <laughs> No, no, she gave me this a really tiny book okay. that was roughly on something on puberty. Mm-hmm. It was, it's really, oh, it's just a lot of words. And the best part was I didn't even know it was that. Because like, I was like, oh, there's this little girl on, on the cover of the drawing. And I just put it away for, for a long time. Chuck it one side, right? Yeah. So, um, but but thinking back, and, and because for a girl, it's a change in mm, the, yep. the lifestyle. So, um, what I, I went through was to teach about like what are the changes you can expect so that mm. she doesn't go get caught off that. prepared, right? Mm. Yeah, and then what do you need to prepare, you know, and how do you use it? Because the like the pads and things like that, you just don't want the initial shock and then like the fumbling because mm. that adds to the stress. Yes. So I'm thinking more from the point of view, it's a bit like, okay, so I, I used to come from tech, so I'll use a bit of tech phrase. Mm. I think a lot of people understand. It's a user experience. Yeah. So I think through the user experience as they go through the steps. There's right? a guidebook, so, right? Step by yeah. step. So that's what I talked through with her about it. Mm. But trying to explain the the structure of the uterus and why the blood must come out every month and everything that that required some of the children books uh, because mm. you know I'm just not that good at drawing and explaining. It was just a a lot easier to show visibly, but mainly was to support her her first. Uh, transition because mm. I don't know when that will happen you know mm. we never know in terms of what age that will hit yep. whether there'll be a school alone or not um, and I found that super helpful because when it did she was actually at her dad's house mm. she wasn't at my place uh, and her dad's like no 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 you go and talk to her you go and talk to her um, and and she was it wasn't like this huge shock she was mm. prepared Yep. And I think that's very important because you don't want that kind of trauma experience mm. where like like oh this this thing is very scary and then it takes them a while to get over it. Um, so it's really about explaining that um, and then teaching her how to pay attention to like how many days it is mm. you know tracking it in the calendar. All these things I wouldn't thought. So so the other helpful tip for moms if you have like no guideline at all is to really remember what you wish you were told. Um, and then teach that to your daughter as well. But um, my main premise was to make sure that that they don't get a shock when mm. that finally happens and that's being supported. Um, and then she has a younger brother, so that I also kind of explain to the younger brother because sometimes you'll be like, it hey, was this thing with the red color thing <laughs> lying around. Because sometimes, you know, like kids, like teenagers, they don't like wrap things up and throw things away properly. Yeah. Um, and because we use reusable pets at home, because I'm very about, I'm very much about the sustainability of it. I don't want her to use so much plastic mm. um, that's close to her body and her skin. Okay. Um, so, so naturally, the boy will see like all the blood being washed out, right? And then, so you also have to explain to him, which I think is important because mm. it's not solely a girl's thing. Um, you know, like like it's important the support because sometimes she'll be like, it's so troublesome. I have to need to deal yeah. with it. So it's good to know that your family supports you on that. So mm. it's really just those steps, lah. Um, short of and that will go into the parenting curriculum. Yeah. Well, I, I think it, I think it's it's very important because when my wife, she was like asking me like how 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 I was like as yet mm. I'm the expert although I know 
then but it, it cannot be coming out from from me right so mm. i think it's like uh like like what you say is to prepare them um and also even even not just for girls for boys boys will face their own challenges also because mm. i was i was shocked when puberty hits me and i was like why is this happening what's happening to my body why is all this facial hair coming out from when yeah. and like question mark and my dad wasn't there mm. and my mom i my mom wasn't there it's like like boys will feel paisei right like we feel shy embarrassed like why would we talk and that's where you talk about we started to ask people around mm. and the closest our friends our brothers and all that then we will start spreading a lot of different funny things so which is like you talk about the misinformation you talk mm. about access uh even even like the, the whether is it uh, from the asian lens uh, mm. whether is it um, coming from the Asian perspective of how mm. is this going to guide our children and, mm. and you talk about not just educating your daughter but also educating mm. your son which, which is very important mm. so that men grow, uh, boys grow up to become men and be able to respect their girlfriends in the future mm. yeah. because this is also another thing that I see a lot of relationships has this problem because the guys are not taught like all this like what the women are going through, uh, why do they have this? Why would they have all the mood swing and all that? They don't understand because it's not being taught. And when they mm. grew up and men taking care of women, that's mm. where the problem also come. That's mm. why women will say men do not know us, and vice versa. Because there's no education on that uh, and why we are behaving like this and that. So this, I, I think, uh, I think soon you will be writing your own book about this. And coming out with the Asian context on 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 this guidebook for for parenting, and having having said that, right? Um, mm. what would you say that in this journey is your biggest challenge? Your own in the uh, the whole business and the, the whole business are uh, talking about bringing this, um, bring this topic, uh, especially in Singapore. Mm. Yeah, what would you what would you say is your biggest challenge? Actually, the topic hasn't. Uh, the topic obviously is challenging because. Uh, of the concepts and the beliefs and even the fact that a lot of social media marketing is uh, not allowed so you mm. know there's very little there's there's not I can't do social media like I really really want to I, mm. I filter a lot of stuff but that probably isn't what I consider the most challenging I think at the end of the day because it, it comes along with running a business mm. and also running a business in Singapore um, you know building an entrepreneurship business um it's really about why do I want to do what I do? Mm. Um, the why is, you know, it can't be like, oh, because I'm passionate and then that's it. Like, passion, passion is great and it's important. It doesn't get you very far to sustain mm. a business. Um, and so it's, it really requires a lot of inner strength, awareness and growth, I guess, mm. to keep... Uh, to keep my uh, direction clear, you know, like every time something uh, tough comes along, you know, and then you'd be like, why do I continue, you know, like, you know, so many misinformation out there, I can just like leave it, uh, you know, like mm. since people don't listen, since people have yeah, so much issue with approaching coaches, you know, and, and paying for their services. Um, but really the why, like, why do you want to build the business? So I think that has probably been the most challenging mainly because uh, there are a lot of things that will tell you no point. Mm. So that's why it's the most challenging because you really have to keep your head uh, straight and to keep yourself focused. Yeah. yeah, I think this is something that we have, uh, uh, we, are, we are similar, a similar mm. struggle that we are facing because even for me to advocate entrepreneurship in Singapore mm. is very challenging. And I, I think I shared with you just now that it's also mm. very demoralizing. 
because um because of our infrastructure that's in Singapore um uh, our government is doing a very good job of getting mothers back to work a lot of support system where it's not available mm. uh, much in other countries like our neighbor Malaysia uh because we, we, because when I speak there um be, before COVID um they the 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 interest level is much higher. Mm. And the demand is much higher, so that's why in in fact last year I I already planned my whole year of going there to run workshop and all that, but mm. thanks to pandemic, thanks to COVID, I was not mm. able to, but um, that also helped me transit into the international when basically going online, running virtual workshop, running virtual summit, and that was when I realized that that we mothers out of out of Singapore, they are very they they are, they they will say things like oh Kenneth finally there's a man that is supporting women. There's a man that's supporting mothers, mm. and and you know the best thing I don't get it in Singapore. <laughs> I don't get I don't hear it from mothers mm. that that know about what I'm doing. Uh, it's 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 basically basically another perspective, and I mm. felt that okay, it's so motivating, uh, and it's so encouraging, and that's why I start to go more international, like even for Philippines when when I managed to speak in one of the Philippines uh, community. Mm. Uh, mommy community and the the response was overwhelmed, and mm. that was when I felt that okay, I would I would still do the work in Singapore, but uh, we should we should support those that are, uh, what do you call that um are in need I would say in mm. need and they, they they really need our support, so that was when, uh that kind of um bring me to another perspective which which I also uh understand your challenge um and especially in our context. Uh, mm. But it's also much needed to because we are trailblazing this part, like mm. for your part, uh, is is op- slowly opening up. People are seeing the need, especially the pandemic, mm. a lot of relationship, even love, uh, even coaching, even coaching mm. is slowly growing in Asia. I would say in, even mm. in Singapore, during the pandemic, a lot of people left their job or they got retrenched, and a lot of them went into coaching. I I met a lot went to yeah, coaching and same. and they. They they will start branding themselves. Oh, I'm a parenting coach. Why I say that? Because a lot of moms that I know previously mm. was working, they came to me for mm. uh, marketing, uh, advice, uh, mm. consultation, and all that. So I meet a lot, and and some of them even started with me, started mm. uh, engaging my services. So so that's why I see that there's a shift in that. But but it's still at a very infancy stage. I do not know whether do you agree with that. Well, I guess if you're talking about entrepreneurship in Singapore in areas that are different, it's definitely uh, still infancy. Mm. Um, and I guess that's where the challenging piece is because uh, you are trying to craft your own path. But I, I kind of feel like it's almost every entrepreneur's thing to craft your own path. Uh, sure, there are other people who are entrepreneurs in that area um, or similar area. But your own path, you are trying to craft that. So then you end up, you know, it's not like corporate, you know, there's a very clear career path. Mm. You are actually creating it yourself. Um, and so I like think... Like the no man's land, right? Like nobody is yeah. there yet. Then you are and, and maybe Singapore has this little problem a little bit more where um, the, the path is, if you follow a certain path, uh, the, you follow the safe structured path is actually very clear. Mm. You know where your next steps are. Anything off that path, you're pretty much on your own. 
Um, and then that's not what we were taught, right? In school, every question, I always say this, every question has only one answer. <laughs> you know, the test, answer, right? Uh, you answer. can never have a second, like like, prim- like in the school MOE question, don't have the question have two different answer one. Mm. It's not possible. So then you, you learn a very, very st- uh, structured way. And then when you're trying to ca- craft your own path, it becomes like, oh, I have no idea. There's no guidebook for mm. this. What do I do? Um, and I think that's where the challenging piece is. Um, but I guess that's where um, we grow and we learn. Uh, and we see how uh, easy or not easy or whether or not we want to give up. And, but yeah. like, it's where we grow, la, I guess. Yeah. I, think, I think this is also the interesting part that just now we also uh, brought up before the show. Is mm. that um, like, like when you meet clients, especially Singapore clients, they will ask, because it, mm. it, it cannot be seen. There's, there's like, like, it's not tangible. You cannot see, you cannot touch. And, and transformation is such a, such a, what do you call that, um, cliche thing. Like, mm. it's, it's like, how, what is transformation to me? Because everybody is different, right? Mm. Like this, this uh, client, this woman, this lady, yep. her transformation is definitely different from another. So you cannot use, it's very hard for you to use that, that, that her testimonial or case study to, to say, that, okay, you will be like her. We know that she will not be like her because everybody come from a different kind of background. Right. So you cannot mm. use A for A, mm. like A for B, or A mm. for C. So so this is where the challenging part comes, right? Like you mentioned mm. that uh, what is the value? Uh, because in Singapore we are taught that okay, when you give me A, I will have A plus. Like this result, it's like mm. very definite. The ROI mm. must be there. So so how do you how do you address that? Uh, so it's a, I mean like because it's coaching, it follows a very standard coaching methodology where we set goals, you know, the goals, and we set a certain vision, um, of how we want to be at the end of coaching. Um, and then of course I work through certain questions to get that goal defined, and then we work in that direction. Because a lot of times we say we want, um, like, you know, when, when say somebody comes to me and say, like, I want more confidence in dating or I want more confidence uh, in my sex life, um, you know, and, and that's very important to them. They're willing to pay for the time to move through that space. Or for some, like I mentioned, the, the client that texted me last week um, was uh, that she was going to deliver a baby. It's like sexual dysfunction. And that there is a certain thing that like physical issue that she wants to work through with. So then we have a goal and then we have an endpoint and then we work towards that. Um, and confidence looks different for everybody. So, you know, if confidence is what you want to work on, then that's what, that's what I'll define specifically for the client. And that's what you, I think that's what we mean by like, uh, it's different for everybody, what confidence looks like, even though that's what they say. Uh, the other thing is also sometimes people say, I want this, you know, like I want happiness or I want joy or something like that. Um, but that's not, not that that's not what they want, but that's not what is driving it. Um, and so it, as, it's my, it's my uh, purpose as a coach to also then dig out what is that. Mm. And then that will set as a goal and then we work towards the end vision. Um, so there's still that path, the goal and then the end vision. Mm. And, and that's how uh, I get them through the journey um, to wherever they want to go. Um, it's just very different uh, from mm. what you know people have in their minds because right. sports coaches or physical uh, PT coaches will be like, I get you from this weight to this weight. I get you from this posture to this posture, you know, like very clear physical mm. outcome. Or career coaches, you know, I'll work through with you on your next few interviews so that you can go into your next uh, portfolio. Um, 
for me, it's more the vision and the goal in terms of how they want to feel, how they want their relationship or their sex life to look like. Mm, but I think it's it's generally the same because um, mm. but it's more specific, it's more direct in in sports, even in career, because mm. there's no other way out, right? But it's not as complex as relationship, love, even your your sexual needs, your desires. I don't think like like in this area, even for life, mm. it's more complex than just sports. Sports like basketball, what what can go wrong, right? You cannot mm. go and kick the ball, right? So, so there's there's still a framework to work with, which is mm. which is pretty niche, pretty uh enclosed, um, mm. and and it's also more specific. So mm. when, just now when you when you talk about um like having clients, what if what if today you have a client that comes to you that need your help, mm. but do not know what they want, mm. like they do not know. Okay, what's my goal? I do not know. I don't know. Like you tell me. Eh? So mm. so. Because for me, when I when I have a, a, a mom that comes to me, they say, oh, I want to run a business. Now you talk mm-hmm. about the underlying reason, the core, the main, the real core reason why they mm-hmm. want to have a better relationship. Like for me, mm-hmm. I will ask the mom, why do they want to run a business? Mm-hmm. And many times it's not about money. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's all about the emotion needs mm-hmm. or even the attention they, they want from their spouse. Because mm-hmm. if they're working for people, they don't have the time and they mm-hmm. don't have the time to be seen by their spouse. And that's mm. why they left the job so that it can be seen at home as a stay at home. And when mm. they are stay at home, they are not being seen again, they will start a business. So mm. they are, I met this kind of, this kind of um, mothers who started business, not mm. for, the, not for the, re- the right, I will not say the right reason, uh, for the, a reason that is, they think that is real, but it's not. In fact, when, you, when I dig deeper, there's still underlying. So what mm. if today, right, you have a client that comes to you, say that oh, I, need, I need you to be my coach, but when you start asking them and they are not open about it or they can't even go deeper, mm. uh, what, what would you do? So as a coach, or at least as a coach in this area, I'm trained in a few things. And um, I think part of my training has come since the corporate days. Uh, um, I know what questions to ask based on the client. Um, part of it is intuitive and part of it is experience. Um, I don't know all the answers. No coach knows all the answers. You know, I teach workshops. As a teacher, I also don't know all the answers. But I know the right questions to ask. Um, so that uh, is usually, that's, that's usually where I'm very comfortable with. And that's how I draw out what they need to know. Um, and often when someone comes to you and say, uh, I don't know what I want, at least in the area that I'm, speaking, uh, I'm working with, uh, the truth is they, they know on some level. Um, it's just uh, whether or not they can articulate it mm. or if they kind of can articulate it, whether or not they trust you enough to articulate yep. it. So it's about uh, creating that level of trust and rapport. Mm. Um, and for some people, that that beginning of the journey is, uh, is, is not the time for them to go super deep. Mm. And that's also okay. I think everybody thinks transformation means I must go deep, 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 deep. And sometimes your nervous system is just not ready for mm. it. Um, and no transformation is in a straight line. So people are assuming that if I don't go deep now, then that's it, my journey is like that. But the thing with transformation is it's like this whole haywire All journey. Right. So you don't know when you plateau and you don't know when you spike. So I never force that deep. Uh, that unless it's a willingness, I feel, right? Yeah, unless I feel that, that that person is able to go to that certain space and then I'll dig further. Hmm. So uh, there are ways to find out uh, or when, when someone says, I don't know what uh, I want. Um, and sometimes part of the process of coaching is actually clarity. Maybe yeah. they really don't know what they want, Mm-mm. but they want clarity. 
Um, and that's very important. And a lot of times when I coach, uh, sometimes my clients, because because okay, while they will still share with me, sometimes they feel like they still have deeper, darker secrets of that thing. <laughs> so sometimes when they tell me that this is the area that they want to work with and they tell me the issue, sometimes they don't even tell me the full details. Mm. You know, like, oh, this happened... You know, but like the this happened is like very big one. Um, mm. and then you know, I so I roughly know what was the result of it, but I don't know the full details. Mm. And honestly, I don't really need to know. Um, because what I want to to get to is a certain vision that we've agreed on, the goal yep. and the vision. And my purpose is to read certain triggers and ask specific questions to see what the responses yeah, are. Whether it's the or, uh, whether is it the body response or the 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 answer response that mm. comes out. Uh, so I read I read what they do And I read what they don't do yep. uh, To get to there right? So sometimes I really Don't need to know the answer um, I'll give you a very good example um, I had one client Who was working through uh, A lot of guilt And this is um, In this case uh, uh, With a, a, a relationship that uh, And I meet also Quite a fair bit of this Where um, she was uh, There was an affair So she was a third party In the relationship and there was a lot of guilt, even though the relationship is over. Um, and so I worked through um, a lot of the, the, the areas of forgiveness and also learning to love herself and, and then find joy in the process of healing. Um, and so th- there were a lot of things that happened. And then one day she comes to me and tells me that she has changed this part of her life. She's changing this particular career in her life. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, because for me, at that point, she was very ready to do changes. She was changing a lot of other things, like, mm. you know, learning new activities and all that. So for me, it fit the trajectory, made a lot of sense. Only later on did she admit to me that um, that is her last, that is the point where she's like, okay, I'm definitely breaking off. I know mentally everything, I work with you, everything I've broken off, but this is me physically, um, you know, saying off. that this is cutting off this last chapter of my life. Everything has already been broken off, but mentally she was still kind of attached to that chapter mm. of her life. This is her cutting off because I didn't know that that person was actually in that area um, of her industry that yeah. she's working in. Uh, I didn't know, but I don't need to know Correct. because once I work with her on um, her underlying choices, then she starts making the choices, yeah. and that's actually the more important thing because mm. I don't make the choices for them. Um, so sometimes they, I, they don't help. They don't get very deep because you know they were yeah. give me big, big scenario. That's also okay. It still, it still works in that direction. Yeah. Mm. I, I think I think what you pointed out is also uh, very, very realistic. Um, which I think the myth of people think, oh, when I get a coach or or go deep, go painful and all that. In fact, we don't need to because naturally, if you have mm. the commitment, if if you trust us naturally you wanted to go to a better space right and you will make the effort and and this is what coaches love when you have a coachable teachable and learnable student or coachee mm. is that they 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 can they will make the effort to change to have that awareness to have that consciousness that hey okay um my coach told me this okay although i don't have to tell her much but i'm working on it and then when mm. i work on it i i realize some things i came into realization that uh, all these are the things that is floating and that you mentioned the decision because mm. all we need to do is to guide them to the mm. direction to achieve the goal that they want how mm. they achieve it is how how they want want it to be right it's their mm. decision on what they want to go so so that that is also very important uh uh the aspect of where coaches are coming from uh be it for mm. for the topic that you are in but mm. uh, you talk about healing and all that stuff. I think it's also very important for people to learn 
and for mm. many uh many even for mothers to learn about that um like what is the underlying reason why they are reacting like that or what triggered them or what are the emotion being triggered uh even yes. even sharing about uh, educating their children about certain stuff uh, mm. uh in 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 about um in sex or gender or anything that that uh, even even recently i had a conversation with my daughter about uh cyber uh cyber security mm-hmm. because now she's having her own mobile phone she's going secondary yes. school and all that so we we had a conversation in that and she surprised me that she knows a lot because the school are also doing their part but mm. on our part is also to give them that certainty that assurance that we mm. are there if they need mm. of any help at least i know that because my wife was like how am I going to bring this, bring this topic to her? Because mm. I'm more, I would say cyber, uh, I think more techy and, and mm. be able to open up. Uh, yeah. So these are conversations that each of us hold, the different topics that me and my wife hold. So thanks mm. a lot. Uh, and also, I, I believe that today's topic, I would love to have you and uh, we, we kind of um, be very, very passionate about this topic. And I would love to, to invite you for uh, a next session or future session. So mm. um, maybe you can share with the audience how can they get connected with you? Uh, so they can find me on Instagram or Facebook. The handle is the same at the Athena Rising. Um, I'm also on TikTok at the same handle, but I'm really like noob on TikTok right now. Yeah. Uh, and YouTube, I'm at Athena Rising TV. Um, going through currently a website revamp. So uh, you know, a lot of stuff there is old. Hopefully, you know, they will see new stuff. Anyway, every time there's something new, I tend to go to my Instagram first and publish. Mm. So Instagram's the main place to to go. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, Andrea. And and for those who mm. are uh, you want to reach out to Andrea, it's all in the description. You can go to the description. Mm. I've already included them in. If not, you can always drop uh, a comment in the chat and definitely I'll get back to you. So last but not least, uh, Andrew, now it's your turn for you to post the question of the day out to the audience. So mm. uh, can you share with us what will be your question of the day? Um, okay, so yeah, so thanks for inviting me and uh, allowing me to then pass on the trad- <laughs> baton or tradition. So my question for the next mompreneur is, um, how do they define a turn on life? Okay, how would they? Define a turn on life. Define a turn on on yes life wow interesting mm. I, I think would, I'll, I'll just leave leave it to them to think about yes. what is the meaning of turn on life yes yeah. and to define yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> so the question of the day uh, posted by Andrew is how would uh, how would you define a turn on life right mm. okay so this question of the day go out to the audience and also to the next guest so uh, I'm really really uh, curious uh, what would the next guest uh, answers uh, to this question of the day posted by Andrea. So last mm. but not least, uh, Andrea, um, what would be your last advice for mothers who are sitting on the fence thinking whether they should step into entrepreneurship or not? Mm. I, I, I would say that it sounds very cliche, the whole just do it, but often you really don't know until you actually do it. You can spend your life thinking about it. And if kids are ever the reason not to, um, I watched a TED talk uh, oh, I can't remember the guy's name but it's a why you will never succeed it's mm-hmm. very interesting it's a parody um, but I thought that was why you will never succeed and he's like he's like do you want your kids to grow up next time and then you tell them that oh I didn't do this because of your I, you know it's not very fair for the kid um, yep. so just know that know that either way you will have the support um, but if it's something that you really want to try at least 
you really have to try it before you can say it works or it doesn't work. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Andrew, for sharing that. I think. I, I think. Uh, you will never know until you try it, right? And when you try mm. it, you will you will naturally figure it out, naturally, eventually, mm. right? So yeah. thanks a lot, uh, Andrew, for sharing that, and also thanks for those who are tuning in, for those who are, are watching the replay. Uh, so I'm Kenneth here, uh, together with Andrew. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you all for watching and listening to Mompreneur Space Live Show. Uh, that we will be on every Monday at 10 p.m. and I will mm. see you guys next week. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Andrew. Thank, Thank you, you for your time. Thank you for your Thanks amazing. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you.